0: Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Robert John Hope, Rob is an Irish, Berlin-based singer-songwriter whose music is rooted in ambient folk and alternative pop-rock. We sat down and chatted about both his expat and musical journey so far. As frontman of Irish outfit Seneca, Robert spent eight years touring America and Europe both with the band and as a solo artist, releasing two albums to critical acclaim. With three top 20 chart hits in Ireland under his belt, he travelled to the US, playing close to 300 shows in over 40 states, taking in legendary venues such as the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood and the Boulder Theatre, as well as the South by Southwest Festival. In April 2021, he released his debut solo album, Plasticine Heart, recorded on a ship in Berlin's Trip Tower Park, to great reviews. Rob details how the constant touring made him a better musician, as well as some of the ups and downs. We talk about visual accompaniments, soundscapes and musical styles for the new album, as well as finding out more about the fantastic lead song on the album. Rob recalls how working with Noel Hogan, a Cranberries guitarist, helped elevate and develop his approach to recording new material. Rob will also be recording in Berlin's famous Hansa Studios for his next project later this year. The top five features Peter Schilling, Big Thief, Tennis, not the sport, but the band, being disappointed by Modest Mouse, all this and what it's like to play at the Red Rocks Amphitheatre in Colorado. Let's get right to it, Robert John Hope.
1: Kind of like many Irish uh, people, especially musicians, I kind of, uh, um, as soon as I had the opportunity, uh, I got out of Ireland for a while and I ended up uh, moving over to the US. So for most of my 20s, I I had a band from Limerick City in Ireland. That's where I kind of I went to. I'm originally from the northwest coast of Ireland, but I went to university in in Limerick City. And I had a band there called Seneca. And it it just we started doing reasonably well. And as it turned out, then we got a a deal over in the U.S. And so we ended up um, relocating over there. And so I lived in Denver for about four to five years. So with that band, we were gigging full-time across the U.S. Um, One tour, I think we did six and a half months, 98 gigs or something like that. So we were playing like six, seven nights a week and just driving from city to city and playing it was kind of it was rough touring but it was it makes a musician out of (laughs) you.
0: definitely I was going to say I mean when you're when you're aspiring to be a musician or you're sitting with your pals in your bedroom as a teenager and all that you talk about these guys getting a van and hitting the road you know we've all been there we've all kind of seen it in the movies and then when you're actually doing it it's maybe it loses a certain kind of romanticism eh? because reality probably kicks in
1: yeah well it's, it's it's not this kind of glamorous view of touring america or whatever but to, to be honest obviously it was the time of my life you know it was it was really really great and like as i said it, it makes a band out of you like we were playing five six nights a week and sleeping on floors and couches and all sorts of things and but I, like i do remember i remember being quite proud because at the end of like that really long we, we did like five tours four or five tours i think but like one of them was really long it was like um uh, close to seven months and we the last gig was this thing we uh, this festival we played in in Wisconsin, <laughs> and we played for something like four and a half hours straight and didn't repeat a song and it was all original material. So it was kind of like by that stage we were kind of you know, you know yourself is like getting up and just like brushing your teeth. It was just you're used to playing all the time. So yeah, I mean it's it's the best thing for any band. I mean to, right. to get you tight or whatever. And so obviously then when we came back to Ireland we were kind of raring to go as well but yeah and so basically um yeah to make a a long story even longer it was kind of um yeah in america for five years and then moved back to ireland and lived in dublin for three years and then made the decision to move over to berlin here about six years ago um my partner she's um from bavaria and so that kind of helped the decision but i wanted to i loved berlin anyway and so it it was a move that i wanted to make you know so that, yeah, I've been an expat in a few places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and musically, how did it all start for you? Was there, a, you know, a, a lot of music in your family, or when you were growing up around the house and all that kind of stuff?
1: Not really. Funnily enough, yeah, it's kind of. Um, I've, I've a few cousins kind of my generation of the family and like there's a lot of musicians there but on my parents generation it was just kind of something that never really had too much of an opportunity for like and so i know i had a few uncles who were kind of played the flute and the fiddle things like this and traditional irish music but my parents neither of them really played music but they, they didn't really have the opportunity i suppose but then you have myself and my cousin david who's a very very good americana folk musician in ireland and uh, Grania is like a cellist in the, the National Orchestra and then like another one who's a kind of a, a film composer over in California and so it's kind of for some reason our generation kind of caught the musical bug but growing uh-huh. up myself at home I didn't have too much of a a surrounding of live music at least. My, my, my father is an enormous uh, jazz fan so that was always on in the background when I was kind of growing up but... Uh, j- jazz <laughs> j- jazz wasn't really the the musical bug which caught me i'm afraid no uh,
0: either doesn't it doesn't it, affectde it's a bit marmite yeah, yeah.
1: well it depends yeah i mean i love kind of old-time jazz yeah. kind of like swing jazz and all that kind of but like um he would like the more acid end of the scale <laughs> when it comes to jazz so it's kind of uh it's a bit more uh, yeah like mathematical for taste, maybe you know Exactly, yeah, yeah. I come from the more emotional end of music than the kind of uh, the technical side of it, I'd say. Right.
0: I mean, uh, well, that's the joy of jazz. I guess there's so many different forms of it that you can maybe find something that you like in there. Eh?
1: Well, this is a, oh, actually a funny story because I, I remember we, when I was with the band and we used to play, um, we spent a bit of time in Chicago and I remember we were staying in this there was a friend of ours who owned a, an Irish pub out on the outskirts of Chicago and just there's this massive building just down the road and when we were staying there there happened to be this big party thing going on and so we just wandered in and it was like the shining or something it was like every single person in there was like in 1920s gear and everything but they had the, like this swing jazz band that was like the the real thing you know like you know in America it's just this super hyper professionalism or whatever mm. when it comes to. I was just, yeah, that kind of jazz is like the best thing in the world to me, but yeah, I can't play it. <laughs> you can appreciate it I for what it is. It, you know what I mean? It's uh, kind
0: of, yeah. Time and a place and all that. Exactly. <laughs> Have you always been a, a guitar player or a singer first? What would you say was the thing that you kind of got into first? Or what were you listening to when you were younger? That's always a, an interesting question. You know, when your formative years, the stuff going on in the house, but. I guess there's other influences in there too, especially with the, the sound of your voice, Rob.
1: Well, funny enough, actually, like uh, I was probably the biggest Phil Collins fan in the world when I was a kid. I, like, I remember, <laughs> I, I think the first, the first record I ever bought was the soundtrack to Buster. If you remember that one. Oh yeah, it's um, the
0: train robber thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it
1: yeah and like, I, I guess, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of based on the, the train robbery, but um, yeah, like I mean, like, I loved phil collins and obviously genesis so i like became a big fan but i, I think the, one of my earlier kind of musical memories is like my mom always had this tape of carly simon on so like i for years i actually thought carly simon for some reason when i was a, a, a kid i always thought carly simon was a guy <laughs> i don't know what it was the inspiration of her voice or whatever but it's like i even to this day carly simon's voice is probably my favorite of anybody, along with like Annie Lennox as well, and so yeah, like I'm the kind of music I always loved, like had very strong vocal singing elements in it. So I guess I developed my own style out of that over the years, or kind of tr- trial and error. <laughs> Phil Collins, Carly Simon, Nina Simone, all of this kind of That's what I like used to, to really love as a kid, but um, then obviously your tastes change as you grow up, and exactly. I'm like, an obsessed. Jeff Buckley fan in my teenage years and Smashing Pumpkins and all this kind of stuff and
0: so you got a little bit more like
1: yeah and then, but then like kind of as I got a little bit older I became like hugely like, hugely into Tom Waits and stuff I, I, like as you know it's endless the list of people that you love in music like I, I mean the Beatles things like this but. Obviously, I was kind of uh, very much into the to the more underground scene of music as well when I was kind of initially starting to play music. But in terms of actually playing itself, um, I mean, when I was a kid, my parents forced me, as they say, to play piano, <laughs> and um, I kicked and screamed until they let me give it up. And then later, I was giving out to them asking, "Why did you let me give it up?" But yeah, <laughs> so I was giving up to grade five or whatever it was when I was mm. thirteen, and then get rid of it. And then when I was sixteen uh yeah i just picked up a guitar and it kind of started from there like i'd never really much interest in becoming the next like jimi hendrix or something like that being the technically best guitar player in the world but like from the beginning i just kind of started writing songs from the very start It was kind of just the more creative side of it that always kind of struck me but guitar i would say was the first instrument where i would yeah i would want to be a musician <laughs> but then obviously as time went on i was like oh like Piano, obviously, I love piano, but I wish I hadn't given it up at the time. But that's 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 the life of a bratty teenager,
0: you know. (laughs) Exactly. We all know we all know best when we're a teenager, that's for sure. Uh, I was reading some of the like a couple of reviews and stuff about the new album, and you were talking about some of the or maybe the reviewer was, I forget. But there was talk about some of the instruments that you've added to this new album. We should say the name of the new album, actually. You can tell (laughs) us.
1: yeah well yeah um like the song we were mentioning earlier on the the album's called plasticine heart but like, yeah it's kind of um i, I don't know I, I guess kind of how the title came out of it is it's i would say uh, when it comes to lyrics and things like that I'm, like i'm quite ar- allegorical or i i guess you could say but um yeah i'd say the overarching kind of theme of the album is time because like i'm, I'm getting on a little bit now and so kind of you're, you become a little bit more reflective when you're into your 30s or late 30s and uh, so like I guess for me like plasticine kind of hard to just reflect. I mean obviously the kind of your attitudes and the way you feel about things changes over time and so I thought it was a kind of a nice metaphor like plasticine something that's malleable and changeable and so yeah it kind of stuck <laughs> but it is it, yeah it's like I mean musically it's a very varied album it's got kind of everything from kind of rock and roll to Quiet Ballads, which Plus Heart the title track actually is. But and but yeah, then the first single None Other is kind of electronic mixed with indie rock. So.
0: Yeah, I mean it's great. It's a it's a really nice contrast. As I said, I was listening to some of it again today and one uh, of the comments on your YouTube page, it said something like you know, great drums or whatever it was for the the none other. Song, you know, none of could have really. As a drummer, I guess it's the first thing it comes into your head. You've got to listening. to but... <laughs> <laughs> It's true, is there uh... are they real drums? I mean, is it uh... you can let the camera, oh, yeah? Out of
1: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, well, funny enough, so the band that I have now it's actually made up of two members of the old band who I had in the US. Um, but funnily enough, it's 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 kind of uh, the most impractical band you can have because the bass player lives in Galway in Ireland and the drummer lives in London lucky, and so <laughs> they kind of fly in once in a while for a studio gig or or a gig or two and then I, I play with an Australian guy Damien J. on guitar here um, and a, another guy from Berlin who plays pedal steel and keys and yeah because that features
0: in one of the videos eh the, was it Petal Colorado steel, yeah, yeah
1: yes exactly yeah that that's that i think the video tournament that's a live kind of uh yeah it
0: was a nicely shot video in one of the studios eh
1: yes exactly yeah but without the bass and drums that was as as a three-piece yeah (laughs) it
0: sounds great it's nice and atmospheric this is one of the things i was going to ask you but the the kind of visual element has it always been there with you i mean because I, i found the videos to be really different i watched the video for ugly which is well. Like, oh, yes. I like. I like the kind of narrative to it. You know, it's a really simple. Like the best things are simple, right? In the sense of why did I not think of that? But you know, it's really well done. But the idea and the narrative itself is quite simple and quite. You know, takes you there.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've always like. I guess I've been very, very lucky because, like, as as you know, like as a musician, uh, the the idea of, and prospect of putting together a couple of music videos is. The stuff of nightmares, really, (laughs) just from a logistical perspective Mm. and everything else, and and, uh, even like they can be costly as well. So they're always kind of uh, you you have to get kind of creative when you're putting them together. But I've been very lucky that I've known a lot of people who are very eager to kind of like take my songs or whatever and kind of run with it. Not like uh, to be honest with you, I, I generally let them give them. Carte blanche on the narrative and things like this because I find myself whenever I was actually saying this to, to, to my partner, Catherine, like that <laughs> I find it very hard to come up with video ideas for my own songs. I, I, like, I can do it no problem when I'm listening to other people's music, but okay. just when I listen to my own, songs, it's very unobjective or whatever. Mm. But, uh, yeah, like, I've been very lucky. I mean, there was another video with the old band, Seneca, called Human Relations. I don't know if you saw that one, but yeah, um, it's a, like a, a very good friend of, of mine, Ben Mars and he's a, like a stand up comedian based in LA. and he used to be um, on that show with Ashton Kutcher uh, where he pulled that uh, punt, where he pulled practical jokes oh, on yeah, celebrities okay. or whatever. Yeah. But he came up with this kind of crazy idea for a video. So we flew him over to Ireland and we got a film crew in and just chased him around Limerick City for a couple of <laughs> days and put that together. And so, like, I mean, when it comes to videos I like obviously I'm I'm kind of I get quite detailed when it comes to the editing and stuff because obviously you want it to reflect kind of well on what you're doing and Mm. uh, luckily for me it's kind of I think it's worked out that way at least (laughs) with most of the videos that have been done but yeah I mean it's it's always like a a daunting prospect to have to put together videos for singles and things like this
0: well this is one of the things as well like it never used to be a thing I don't know like when you first started playing it probably wasn't so maybe it was an idea you had, or something that you could progress to, but it was more about performance and playing and rehearsing, and then moving on to the next thing. And now exactly. you have to have all the social media stuff. You have to have a video that goes with it. You have to, I mean, and we're talking like uh, bands of, uh, you know, not Coldplay or whatever. Right? We're just talking about you know uh, normal yeah. run in the mill musicians who are making a living from it, or they they do it. For the, the the love of it whatever it is but you know it seems to be you need this to kind of get to get anywhere to get a foot in the door for example
1: yeah well that's that, that's i guess was i don't know if it's a controversial opinion or not but it's just uh, I like I, i'm obviously <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a kind of a dinosaur when it comes to the way things were done in music because like i'm i always feel my eyes glaze over when i have to see tiktok and all this stuff that people say you're supposed mm. to be part of now but it's like obviously the, the byword these days when you're a musician is content you'll always have to have content right. and it's like yeah, I'm not a fan of getting in front of a camera, as you might have noticed by our videos
0: as well. <laughs>
1: and so, uh, that's yeah, an international line of mystery, Rob. Yeah, you know, well, I've never taken a selfie in my life, so that kind of <laughs> tells you. But um, yeah, but, but it's kind of this this constant need for, I don't know. It's, it's not a complaint, but like I'm, I mean, I I'm mean, I'm an enormous fan of the album as a format, as an example, mm. and that's kind of dying out to a degree now because they're saying. Just release really single after single after single, like and not as kind of cohesive things. And that, I mean, I, I struggle with that idea. <laughs> but I, like, I try to get involved as much as I can with the the, the musical creative side of the, the music video or whatever. But I mean, like, updating people on TikTok about what I'm eating for breakfast doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's it, yeah. it, it doesn't even strike a chord with me, no. and it's it's not what I'm in music for. I, I'm in music because I like. I mean, it's 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 certainly not for the money that's for sure and so it has to be because it's just what i love doing. like yeah, i go crazy if i didn't do it you know that kind of way and so it's um yeah, yeah like i mean uh, like uh, i think I, i'm at the happiest place of being in a long time playing music because i'm doing it on my own terms now um and not kind of trying to keep people happy or keep a producer happy or management happy or any of this kind of thing i'm doing it for my own enjoyment more than anything else and so it's it's good, in that way, if I don't have to have a TikTok, I won't. I, I won't. But, uh, I've refrained you know, from TikTok I'll, I'll, myself. I'll, yeah, I'll try to, to to tag along on whatever the trend is as far as it won't drive me up the walls.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's the same. I have a, a, a similar kind of issue with podcasting and stuff. The last, As I was telling you at the beginning there, I took a couple of weeks off just from producing an episode because I was kind of... Yeah, I just needed to get away from it for a while. I didn't do any Instagramming or any, not that I'm a huge influencer or whatever, but, you know, I kind of, when I had, when I have a, an episode and a guest on, I try to do some clips through the week and I chop things up and put them together on Canva yeah. and I kind of do it my own way. And it's good to share other people's work, right? Not just from a, uh, my own point of view, but, you know, to, to show what other people are doing and to get the word out there. It seems a bit like it's like pushing water uphill a little bit, you know, you're kind of that people would rather watch videos of, uh, like you said, TikTok's two hamsters on a wheel or whatever it is, or yeah. I don't know, whatever the new trend is, I don't know. But that's just the way
1: it is. I mean, podcasting is a great format because it's kind of long form. And so you can actually understand what people are thinking or what their, what their opinions are and you know, what they like to talk about, whereas like I don't know, like Twitter or TikTok videos like 10 seconds long. is like you don't exactly get much of an impression of the person you're looking at or listening to, you know?
0: Aye. It's, it's, it it could yeah. also be a generational thing as well. I mean, we probably didn't grow up with it, and uh, definitely not the way kids do now, where it's all about the thumbs and scrolling and uh, whatever that other, you know, swiping and all that, you know, and <laughs> You're just like uh, yeah. okay cool yeah all right so without well, well, sounding like two grumpy old men go on sorry I interrupted
1: you. exactly you know it was like uh, exactly I remember when I was a uh, teenager or whatever on MTV or Kerrang or whatever it was and actually like tape it a VCR to yeah. tape the music videos that I liked and things like this kids these days don't know the pain you have to go through to actually record music <laughs> that no. you want to listen to
0: it's kind of edit in the top forty or you know the Friday Night Rock Show on Radio One or whatever it was you know. The good old days. Yeah. But then again, Spotify is one of these things that divides opinion. Obviously, from a musical a musical musician's point of view, they're completely robbing us. I say us because I still technically call myself a musician, but, you know, they're, they're taking the piss, right? But on the other hand, as a consumer of music, it's... It's a good product. I think yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I can mean, see that. It's, but it's, I'm mumbling. I'm mumbling the answer. I feel guilty, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of, but I, I do think it's a good product. You know, as a consumer,
1: it's fantastic. It's it's just, yeah. I, I mean, Spotify is what it is. I mean, like the way I kind of think about it is, if it wasn't Spotify, it would be somebody else. I mean, like streaming like that was always going to come. You know what I mean? And like Pandora was the US version. Yeah, of it or yeah whatever, I remember that. I mean, yeah democratization of the internet or whatever like music was always going to go this direction unfortunately but uh but i mean I, like as an actual consumer as you say i love spotify because i mean you come across music that you haven't heard in years or you can put together your playlists of music that you really really love but yeah like i mean my own like grievances besides the financial side of spotify is just the way that they compress the music and things like that as well but that's <laughs> that's more a kind of a. Uh, a pedantic kind of details yeah, well, neil,
0: neil Young has his thing right with the I forget the particular format that he's he's uh, he's not endorsing, it. I think he was part of the creation of it whatever that format that neil young does
1: oh gosh i don't I don't know that one actually
0: yeah me too I can't remember but it's a it's a thing he's yeah I'll let you go google it you know? <laughs> What about some plans for the rest of the year then uh, to promote the album?
1: Yeah, well, like it was released officially on the kind of April twenty third, but uh, it we kind of met it over the space of about a year and a half. Um, funnily enough, it's a it's a great spot. So they, the album was recorded on a boat. The whole thing was recorded on a boat in Treptower Park here in Berlin. There's a, a kind of a studio boat moored on on the river along at the park, and it was is a fantastic experience to record there because. We'd record in the studio, which is kind of under the deck or whatever. And then during breaks, you could come up and just watch people in the park or like have a barbecue or whatever you wanted. So it was very, very relaxing kind of experience yeah. to, to record. And but like, if a big boat went by, then lucky, would be drumming <laughs> the, the waves would move him over, and like he misses a beat or whatever. But it was yeah, it was a hell of an experience. And like, I but we had a lot of freedom in there to kind of spend a bit of time and just. Try different things. So I I really love that. Uh, The plan is, yeah, just keep kind of pushing it for the next couple of months, and then in July I start recording a new album in um, Hansa Studios here in Berlin. I'm not sure if you've ever, if you're familiar with, totally. Yeah, Yeah. so that's where Bowie did the the Berlin Three. I I think
0: you two recorded there as well. uh, Maybe, yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. I think maybe was recorded there as well. So luckily the 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 um, company I'm assigned with for publishing they, they um, own Hanson Studios and so I'm going in there to start the new record which I am I can't wait yeah fantastic but, uh, eh? I'm busily trying to finish the writing for it so it's kind of uh, <laughs> you get the heavy lifting
0: uh, to do first there
1: exactly well the pandemic being the way it is actually funnily enough because trying to work it out with schedules and everything funnily enough the, the drummer is starting to put down the drum tracks in London next week and so We might have the drums done before we actually go into Hansel, but we'll just have to see. But yeah, it's kind of the nature of trying to plan anything when random lockdowns come in and ruin everything (laughs) last minute. But yeah, like obviously, I want to release another single from the current album uh, first and see how that goes. But I mean, the response has been really, really nice german radio seems to, to to like it which is yeah. which is always a nice thing and uh
0: well i actually heard your yeah, interview yeah. i listened to your interview with uh i don't know, forgive me for forgetting the name was it was it Radio Eins or beat oh yeah I can't yeah.
1: yeah It was like radio Eins and deutschland funk culture and um yeah like a couple of ones mdr and a few other ones but um I mean, it, it's really nice because it, it's kind of um, it, coming from Ireland, which is like obviously a tiny country with four and a half million people or whatever. It's like the spectrum of people possibly listening in, in Germany is uh, manifestly bigger, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's very nice. But like, obviously, I'd love to be able to go back to Ireland and tour as well. or are properly promoted over. And, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm releasing the album in the middle of a pandemic when you can't gig at all. So it's... It's kind of like a a downer in in many regards but at the same time I didn't want to hold on to it for too long so I said listen I'm sitting on it for a while now so I put it out into the world because it's my first album of my own and so at least it's kind of like a a stepping block to the next kind of Mm. thing which luckily I'll be doing soon so. Yeah, I mean, th- I think the next album will sound quite different. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about it. it yeah. I think that'll take up much of the, the headspace for the next six months anyway. <laughs> All right?
0: I mean, do you have a? Are you one of these writers that has a lot of stuff? Uh, like you take a notebook with you, kind of thing, you know, when you write things down, or are you a bit more spontaneous that you can have you can churn out some stuff quite quickly no, or would, sporadically even?
1: I I wish I was like that. <laughs> I kind of. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I've got so many unfinished songs. I mean, you could write a Bible, of, like <laughs> an encyclopedia of them, but it's kind of. Oh, you're keeping this finishing. for the
0: memoirs, though. That's what it is. When you release the memoirs, then you can put out the, you know, the the great unreleased <laughs> album as well. You know, you with it.
1: Yeah, once I'm dead, and then the, like somebody might listen to them. But <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I have lots of kind of material, but yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of analytical when it comes to kind of songwriting. I sit down and I kind of obsess over it to to a point where I think it's it's terrible and then I leave it for a couple of weeks and come back to it. But yeah, like, I mean, there's been a few occasions where I've written songs in, like, in the space of a couple of minutes or an hour or something like that, but they're rare enough. I think I'm more of a a workhorse when it comes to kind of songwriting. I, I just sit down and I'm said, I'm going to write this, finish the song now. And that's what I do. It's kind of, it's less uh, of the kind of, um, magical kind of, um,
0: uh, <laughs> it I comes guess, to you in a moment, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: uh, like I'm a bard sitting under an apple tree or something like that. in the sunshine. <laughs> Yeah. With the uh, great ideas coming to me, unfortunately, it, it doesn't happen that way for me that often, but yeah, obviously you walk around and you, come up with these ideas and then when you get home you sit down and churn them out if you can uh, like, I Did guess I'm, see- I'm, I'm not a romantic songwriter in that way
0: <laughs> as you were saying about the plasticine heart album though that it's quite diverse musically or at least you have a lot of different mm. instrumentation or styles and genres and so on is this also cool. something that you you think about when you're putting a, an album together or a collection of songs yeah. together what what works with what or is it a case of experimentation
1: to be honest well, that's that's definitely something that is on purpose for me and like to be honest with you it's, it's kind of uh, worked like against me over the years as a musician musician I would say because even even when I had the band Seneca I mean the albums that we put together like I mean they were so diverse <laughs> that like it was kind of hard to actually pigeonhole what the hell we were in in terms of style or this that and the other but like I, I think over the years I've gotten a little bit better at um, kind of writing in different styles but having to have a a single cohesive sound because to be honest with you there's one thing that I hate more than anything else in music and that's like listening to an album where the entire thing is 10 songs of the same song over and over again It drives me crazy it's just just, as a listener I, I don't like it and so it's something, and, and I I find it more interesting for myself to try and write songs in different styles to just as a challenge, if nothing else. But it's kind of yeah. I think it it's come more from like listening to albums over the years, where like the, my favorite ones are the ones whereby it it, it it covers a wide spectrum of sounds, not so much styles, but just sounds. You know what I mean? And so that's something that's definitely a conscious thing for me. But like I mean, it it's it's more true. Just I I like to listen. If I want to listen back to my own stuff, I want to at least be interested by it, and not, <laughs> not bored. So I mean, yeah, like I mean, if I'm bored by it, I'm sure other people will be as well. So I try to avoid it at least.
0: What kind of things are you planning for the new album then, stylistically? Like anything new? Up there? Surprises with some like really new sounds or?
1: Uh, I think it'll be a little bit more maybe guitar driven, uh, possibly. um... I, I think just the fact that like with the studio, like Hansa, it's kind of, you have the ability to go in there and I mean, you can put down like just <laughs> with the gear that's in there, just put down the take and it'll sound, you'll not need to like too many, put too many bells and whistles over it. Whereas sure. if you're working kind of with uh, a space that's not as kind of refined or whatever, you have to put a little bit more work into getting it to sound the exact way right, you want to yeah. get it to sound. To be honest with Alec, like, I don't have much experience in like really lovely studios or fancy stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, we'll have to see kind of when, when we get in there. But like, I have in my head how I want it to sound. But whether whether it'll sound like that in the end is a different thing. You know, like I'm very lucky because the the guys I play with. Uh, like, the, what's the old adage? I mean, you should be the worst member of your own band. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, I can certainly testify to that. I'm definitely the worst musician in my own band, but that's the way I want it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I, I'm very much for listening to what the, the ideas of the other guys and kind of um, what their ideas are because, like more often than not, their ideas are better than mine. So, I mean, I, I'm definitely a very collaborative musician in that respect, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, when we really get down to rehearse and kind of go through the stuff we've started a bit already but like i'd like to tell you exactly how it'll sound now but i'm not t- too sure but i like that about all it in good well, time you know? there dude all in good time yeah i'll definitely send you the the like and as soon as i have something to show i'll send it to you fantastic
0: <laughs> i'll keep you to that. and uh, what about like production wise then in, in the past you you worked to oh. you did it together with the, your band or you've always worked side by side with someone else
1: well it's it's been kind of different i mean like with Seneca, when we did our second, the second album, when we came back from uh, the U.S., we were very lucky in that um, we ended up um, Noel Hogan, the guitar player from the Cranberries. He At that time, he was producing a lot of music, and so he produced that album with us. And so and that was an incredible experience, kind of going in and working with somebody who, who's obviously in, in the Cranberries and is used to kind of the the, the upper end of the scale yeah, in, in right. terms of the things are, should be done and so I mean that was a huge learning experience for me and like working closely with him was kind of yeah because like I, as you know yourself like with music with as with everything else is you're constantly learning and like when we were younger or when when we were first a band I mean we were a garage band who probably sounded terrible but we thought we sounded great and then it's only the, that's that. the rules <laughs> man that's the rules yeah and so only um, Only after like blood, sweat and tears of kind of driving yourself into the ground and bashing your head off the wall (laughs) for a while, you start to sound like you think you sound. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah, that was great because like Noel would kind of he took us and he went okay let's let's change this and make this sound a little bit better and yeah I mean that that helped a lot just in terms of like formulating my own way of looking at music as well and recording as well because I'm not uh, I'm more of a, a technical luddite than anything else <laughs> and so uh, having somebody else to put all the bells and whistles on kind of uh, helps me you know but this album Plasticine Heart yeah I mean that that was kind of produced like equally between myself, Damien, the guitar player, and Yusuf, who's also in the band, because we just kind of had an idea as how we wanted to put it together. And Damien is a wonderful engineer uh, by trade. So put it together ourselves, not with any kind of outside producer or anything like that. And I, th- I think, I mean, that's a good thing in many respects. It Like, I mean, having a, a kind of a producer from an outside perspective kind of helps a lot as well, because A lot of the kind of extra work that we put in probably might have not been necessary if you had somebody kind of, um, like, with, say, Noel's experience or, like, another Mm. producer. But at the same time, the album wouldn't sound the same, and perhaps I wouldn't like it as much, or other people mightn't like it as much. You never know. Because, like, obviously, like so, if you have a producer, they might change the the aspects of a song that you like. (laughs) You know, that can happen as well, and so... Yeah, no, we, we we kind of produced it ourselves this time. Uh, more whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. It <laughs> sounds great. I mean, where can
0: we find you, Rob? Where can we find
1: uh, you on social media? Oh, yeah. So, well, kind of uh, yeah on the typical ones like the Facebook, Instagram's.com, it's always.com forward slash Robert John Hope, or even like I have a website, RobertJohnHope.com, um, where you can find everything from there as well. But in Germany, you can buy the, the vinyl at any of the main kind of online distributors. You can find on apple music or spotify's and all of these things as well but yeah i mean you can find everything from robertjohnhope.com on youtube as well you'll find me up there
0: how about a guilty pleasure someone that you someone you might be surprised to find on your playlist obviously you wouldn't be surprised because it's on your playlist but i might be <sighs>
1: Ah, like fun, funnily enough, it's kind of one I guess it's kinda of cheesy because every German loves it. But you know, uh was it um Peter Schilling, do you know, like yeah. you say Major Tom? I mean that for me that's an incredible song, but it's kind of like this this cheesy kind of uh thing that all Germans adore. like adore and if you're in holidays and they have their towels out before you <laughs> that's the music they have <laughs> starting to but I mean, it, I think that's an incredible song. It was, I mean, there's, there's so much, like, as I said earlier on, maybe um, some of the, the, the Phil Collins stuff might be cheesy, but I, like, I don't think so. I love it. I, to be honest with you, if it's a good song, I don't care who does it. <laughs> like, if it's Justin Bieber or whoever, I really, I really don't mind. Like, I, I don't go in much for being embarrassed by who I like, you know?
0: <laughs> I think that's a lot. Uh, in the past, I've had or quite recently we talked uh, with some guests about Harry Styles and Billie Eilish. And yeah, there's been some new ones that I wouldn't particularly listen to, but then I've went and listened to them. I've went and listened to them on the YouTube or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, those are not bad songs, you know. Just don't, I just don't tell anyone, though, you know. Well, just
1: the thing, I, I think the thing with them is, like, with Billie Eilish, Harry Styles and like all these, like, I mean, they're there for a reason. It's not as if they don't have any talent, you know no, what I mean? So right. just... Just because it's popular, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I find her to be quite intense, though, for someone so young. You know, she does seem a bit troubled—maybe not the right word—but she seems very angst-ridden. Okay, you can you can take angst-ridden in the German way or the English way, whatever way you prefer, you know. But
1: yeah, but even with, say Taylor Swift, kind of some of the recent stuff that she's done that's more very much kind of Nashville recording. Kind of she did that, style that acoustic. It mean, was
0: that an acoustic album she did fairly recently. Yeah. I mean, I think Something it else. won all the Grammys, didn't it, right? Well, of course.
1: <laughs> it's either her or Beyonce. <laughs> right. how it works. <laughs> it's a stitch-up, man.
0: <laughs> uh, tell, tell us, Rob, who should we be listening to then? Give us some recommendations.
1: Yeah, well, like I'm, I mean, Big Thief are fantastic. I don't know if you've come across them yet, but they're um, really, really excellent. I, I would recommend anybody gets into them. And um, there's another group from Denver where I used to live called Tennis. I really, really like them as well. Um, they're a duo um, a couple of friends of mine here in Berlin uh a duo from Ireland called Rufus uh, Rufus Coates and Jess Smith it's kind of dark um, gothic folk music but it's it's really really brilliant I mean like the list is endless you know you could kind of uh, keep going I mean there's Mick Flannery, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's he's a musician from Ireland, like absolutely outstanding songwriter. Um, and uh, like I, you've probably heard of her before, but Lisa Hannigan as well mm-hmm. has to be one of my favorite artists uh, on earth. I, I would say she's uh, true, truly amazing. But uh, yeah, perhaps like some of your listeners don't know some of them, but I, I'd really recommend that uh, they check
0: them out. Excellent, I'll have a listen to some of that myself. Uh, tell us your go-to karaoke song.
1: Oh God! Um, <laughs> well, funnily enough, like, and it wasn't actually my choice, but one and the, the few times over the years that I've actually done karaoke, for some reason, I always seem to end up singing Layla.
0: <laughs> the long so, version of the short version, you know, it's.
1: Uh, well, like the long version is good because I don't have to sing over the last. Time, <laughs> I see,
0: yeah, there you go. There's method in my madness here, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know. I don't really have any like. Maybe a Frank Sinatra song here or there, but yeah, I suppose "Leila" is a good one because it's the mix of the rock and the the melodic. I guess you know, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, Tell us someone you don't get, Rob. You know, maybe you think they're overrated or it just doesn't register with you, but everyone else thinks they're like the bee's knees. You know.
1: Oh, (laughs) I I don't know. Um, hmm. Uh, That's actually quite a difficult one.
0: Um, I'll get I'll, I'll give you a little i will I'll I'll give you a gentle push then. So I like, I don't I, I just don't get Queen. I kinda of, okay, there are a couple of songs that are alright, but as a overall thing, I just I just I yeah I'm done. You know, that's it. It's kind of I don't yeah, know why. Because all the all the kind of separate parts of it work. Like, you know, musical and all that, <laughs> but uh, together I'm just like yeah, okay, I just I turn it off, you know. I just I just can't be doing it. I like Brian May, you know, and all the
1: like I know, I, I kind of understand that as well because, like, I mean, I, I, personally, I love Queen, but like, I mean, it's <laughs> so, kinda, it's, sorry, man,
0: it's kind of one of those things, eh? you know? It's not, just,
1: not, not not at all. Nobody, yeah. it's kind of like I think, kind of the reason for for that is because they, they are like a kind of a bunch of separate elements come together mm. or something like that, and so yeah, I mean, some of their stuff I don't get either, to be honest. <laughs> like, but then I um, but yeah, like I mean, if I was at a house I mean, party
0: and it was on, I wouldn't complain. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm not like. Okay, that's it. We're going home, right? You know, I don't, I don't just but just I don't really get the whole furore around it and all that kind of stuff. I'm just a bit like the the live aid concert aside. I mm. could take it or leave it. I, I remember that concert well, and actually, uh, I, that that's really yeah. what brought them back into the the front the front pages and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this is this is it. Music is all opinion, <laughs> but it's actually like, funnily enough, the, the one man I was thinking of is. Um, Modest mouse oh yeah, yeah. I actually I, I I really loved them for a while and then I saw them live and it was the most disappointing gig I've ever been to in my life and is but it, but then from then on it's just I, I couldn't understand them everybody loved them after that but I just i, yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't latch onto it for some reason. the
0: big song was that float on. If I'm, if right, board, and it's just like basically the same three chords over and over and over again. Because I, I, we did, I did yeah. try it in a covers band, and we played it maybe twice in the rehearsal room, and then we're like, yeah, it's kind of boring. Right? So it just does. <laughs> it doesn't really go. It's a good song. It sounds great yeah. on the radio and all that, but it's kind of repetitive yeah. to play.
1: It's this kind of an element of where they're kind of think trying to do something along the kind of the crazy elements of Tom Waits, but without being able to pull it off? Like this, you know? I mean, like, listen, it's like everything. I like, I like some aspects of most acts, but then not other aspects of it. But uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah. That's a tough question, I must say. All right, an eclectic
0: <laughs> choice though, Queen and Modest Mouse with a bit of something in between. All right, cool. Uh, last question then: What, what favorite venue since uh, reading your bio and? In the last hour talking and so you've played many 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 gigs in many different venues what are, what are some that stand out for you as a, a musician or uh, gigs you've actually seen
1: to, to start with places i've played i mean yeah there, there are tons but like uh, the ones i really like i mean like the hundred club in london i've played there a couple of times and i like i, I loved it every single time it's just the vibe in the place is amazing um then like, the whiskey go go as well like legendary spot um I mean, the Boulder Theater because I kind of lived in Colorado and getting to play that place was uh, was really it's a beautiful beautiful venue. But I, I suppose I'd always go back to my favorite place to play ever was Dolan's Warehouse in Limerick City. It's just it's a beautiful venue, but it's just kind of uh, it's it's a it's like a big box and it sounds amazing and it's just. Uh, It's because I have so many memories of the place, I guess. That's Mm. why I kind of love it the most, you know. But um, in terms of, like, say, other acts I've seen, like, venues specifically, I mean, I've been lucky enough, I saw uh, Radiohead and Wilco at Red Rocks in Denver, if you know that venue. Yeah, that's a great venue.
0: I mean, it's the kind of iconic, if you've ever seen Under a Blood Red Sky, right? That's really where I know it from. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen several gigs from there, not in person, but yeah. It's fantastic yeah, it's that it's kind cool. of open auditorium look
1: yeah with the kind of the it's a natural auditorium made out of the kind of sandstone yeah, or whatever looks the, fantastic and of course it, it, the U2 one's something. in the
0: rain which makes it look even more iconic and if you know the story behind exactly, yeah. uh, that yeah. was their kind of make or break concert because they were filming it and all that kind of stuff and they weren't going to play yeah. it in the rain and all that and then they played it in the rain and now they're rich and famous and all that exactly. stuff. The rest is history.
1: And the thing most people don't realise as well, uh, because I obviously I lived in Denver, which is right beside it, but you can actually go up there and play on the stage. If you just arrive in the afternoon, bring up an amp and just <laughs> <kind of laughs> start playing on the stage. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, for sheer kind of um, epicness, I, I, I can't think of any venue I've been to that matches that, to be fair, you know.
0: It is quite spectacular. Eh? I mean, uh, I can imagine quite a nice, uh, a nice setup as well, you know, for with the sun setting and all that kind of stuff. It looks looks the part oh, as yeah, well
1: because you can see this downtown Denver right behind it in the background as well. So it's kinda of, yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to beat that one to be fair.
0: Right. How about <laughs> but, Berlin? Um, yeah, uh, for my sins I haven't actually been to Berlin yet. Last year the year twenty twenty, stroke twenty one doesn't really count on my calendar anymore, other than making podcasts. Yeah. Which is you know, I don't mean that in a bad way, but yeah, uh, for traveling and whatnot, I haven't been it's on my it's definitely on my uh, my list of things to yeah, do in yeah. Germany.
1: Of course Berlin has packed venues as well. Like the Cast the Castle House, which is beside where I live here, that's I mean, if you have a chance to see a gig there, I really recommend that as well. And Columbia Halle, I mean, yeah, it's just it's stuffed with great venues, you know. But um pop up to Berlin, we'll go for a beer and I'll bring you some music when, whenever it's possible again.
0: <laughs> right oh, that sounds like a plan, yeah. Rob, it's been an absolute exactly. blast for the last uh, the last hour or so. Good luck with everything going beer. forward and I hope everything goes so what's well with the new album, and I'll definitely be playing it in the next few weeks on the on the podcast and all my kind of Instagram pages and all that. And uh, yeah, because it's a it's a real treat.
1: Oh, well, I really appreciate you asking me on. It's uh it's kind of nice to be asked these questions. You know, <laughs> yeah. a little bit more fun than usual. So Great. I appreciate that. All right,
0: good. <laughs> That's for the win. Rob, all the best, uh, it was great catching up with you and uh, good luck with everything mate and hopefully if I'm in uh, Berlin, whenever it is yeah, we catch up and yeah, get, I mean, get a yeah. cheeky pint or yeah, two that would be nice
1: Exactly, there's a couple of nice pear gardens around the corner here so <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> I can bring you and listen to some music
0: Can follow Can't Find My Way Home on Instagram at Can't Talk Find My Way Home on Facebook at Expat Music Pod and of course you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Greg saying cheers.